0: You, you can make it out there without having a degree or without having a diploma of some sort. You just have to put your mind to it and be dedicated and be consistent and persistent and invest in yourself so others can invest in you. Hello,
1: I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing in Podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk and I'll help to increase perspective expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today on the show, I have Crispin Watson, who is a mom, entrepreneur, uh, mentor, and she's the founder of SoLux Life Professional Services, which helps companies and individuals enhance their digital presence. Crispin is the host of the SoLux Life podcast, whose goal is to help enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Crispin also started a nonprofit in April of 2020 called Perfecting My Crown Society. Perfecting My Crown Society is a private social group that focuses on empowering, informing, motivating and all things positive regarding being a blessing to others. Crispin, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me Joel, I'm excited to be here.
1: I'm excited you're here because I've checked you out on social media and I'm excited. (laughs) No, i love in your vibe, man. Okay, so tell us, what's going on in the world right now?
0: For me, just trying to get a grip on life, this whole pandemic, Um, just trying to instill knowledge into my kids, trying to grow my businesses, as you mentioned, so Lux Life is a podcast that enhances the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. So we're reaching out to different guests, having them come on our show, kind of seeing how COVID-19 is affecting them and their businesses. I last had a celebrity makeup artist. She was actually Nicki Minaj's, well, she is Nicki Minaj's key makeup artist. So she travels with her everywhere, does her makeup, and she's saying that, you know, COVID-19 completely put her business to a halt. But for me, it's kind of picked up since now people have time to actually sit down and do interviews. i'm doing that um the nonprofit. i'm really excited about that actually here in a few days we're giving away 150 dollars we're gonna have a real estate professional come on our live stream and just inform people about real estate and buying houses and that so that's kind of what's going on in my world today <laughs>
1: that's cool man okay so t- tell us i'm a little bit curious tell us about this um where's it going Tell us what you classify as the spiritual, uh, the luxuries in life, this, you know, what's the, what's the, what's at the core of that and how did we get there?
0: Well, we kind of got there regarding the spiritual luxuries in life. Um, I believe in a higher power. I definitely believe in God and I feel like nothing that I've done has happened, um, without him so we definitely try to bring out the best in everyone when people think of luxury they think of like tangible items diamonds money things like that but just your spiritual luxuries within yourself your peace of mind having a good heart doing for other people that brings so much joy as well as the mental as well as the physical luxuries like your health your overall well-being so um That's kind of that. I kind of forgot what your question was. No, no, you've
1: explained it. So the next question then is, um, to to be putting this out into the world, there's obviously a story. There's obviously an awareness or a pivot point or something. So what was that?
0: Not a point for me. I've always been like a go getter. I'm always throwing myself out there. But at one point, I kind of scaled back. I got married um and unfortunately that just took a turn for the worse it didn't last long we ended up getting a divorce and the day we separated probably like three or four days after that was when I found out we were pregnant with our son who is now two his name is Grant but (laughs) that was kind of like one of the hardest things I've been through like I don't Anybody that's gone through a divorce, I can imagine it's different for everybody, but it's really hard. So imagine going through a divorce and then you're pregnant, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm about to be a single mom of two kids. Like, this is not what I wanted my life to be. <laughs> but I just had to take it for what it was. And that was a pivotal moment in my life where I really started to focus on me focus on the blessings that I had, not focusing on things that had left out of my life or that were removed from my life. So that kind of sparked me to start. So Lux life. um, Because I want to help people just get to a better place in
1: life. I think that's fairly, uh, what's the word? I think if you can have a call in and you want to help others get to that point, I think that's, I think that's the place to go and the way to go. Absolutely. It's, it's, I vibe with that because that's what I'm trying to do too. So it's cool.
0: Yeah, like when you realize it's just not about the money, but it's more so about helping others. Um, it becomes much more, I appreciate it more because I know where I've been and honestly with me I'll get on social media on my Facebook I have like 5,000 friends on there and I got on there and just told them about my divorce because I mean you know people talk when people know you're getting a divorce somebody really knows like what really happened people are always talking but I just kind of was like shed my light on it I didn't bad mouth him or anything like that but it was just like you know If you're out there and going through this situation, I'm here. It is okay. There's nothing to be ashamed about. And people started replying in my inbox. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going through the same thing. I thought it was only me. Thank you so much for putting yourself out there and telling your story. So I do truly believe everything we go through is to help others. Sometimes like when we're in it, we're like, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? But there's always something greater that comes out of it. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. So from your discussions with you being authentic and open with your audience, do you think, you mentioned shame that you don't think to be ashamed of. Do you think there was an element of shame to it? Or is there something that stops people talking about? Because obviously you just shone a bright light on it and said, look, it's this.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, Yes, honestly, it's. It's all about getting past caring about what other people think because people are gonna always have an opinion about every single thing, <laughs> whether you ask for it or not. And honestly, unfortunately, the world we live in, people like to highlight when people aren't doing well. Um, Cause you know, like you have a wedding, you see all the wedding pictures, everything ha- is happy go lucky. And it was like not long after the wedding where all of this <laughs> kind of blew up. So like I've heard like the rumors and everything. I mean, I was even told. Well, this he actually told me that I was faking the pregnancy <laughs> just to you know I like, keep the marriage going and everything. And I was open and transparent about that. Like, um, I can't fake this big belly right here. Like it's definitely a baby. But that just kind of shed light on on kind of just how society is a part of society because i wouldn't say all all of society but there are good people out there but you just can't you you can't let those things kind of affect you and stop you from your purpose or fulfilling the purpose you've been placed on this earth to fulfill
1: no absolutely i mean i've got a friend that similar to yourself believes in a higher power and there was an element of i don't see shame but it was there was other people's perceptions, especially like parental perceptions of that situation, which she was holding shame for. It was almost like she was holding the shame for them so that they could feel that way, <laughs> you know?
0: Right. But, yeah, you just have to let it go because um, it can be embarrassing because you you kind of start questioning, especially in my situation. It was, like, so random, so out of the blue, nothing that I personally did to him. And you just kind of want the answer, like, why is it me? Like, am I not good enough? But kind of just getting past that perception, pers- getting past what, you know, people at the church will say or whatever. Your family. Your family talks about you the most. <laughs> It's getting past what your family and son is saying. I'm an open book. I like to be, I'm very transparent. Um, Even things that I'm not so happy about, I tell people because at the end of the day, it ends up helping someone get through their situation.
1: So how did you manage to get to the point where you, 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 you were less affected by others' opinions?
0: It took a while. Because um, I think at some point we all have like different insecurities and nobody likes to be the topic of discussion when it comes to something bad, like a divorce, like something negative like that. But honestly, it was just finding what I needed to focus on. Um, I had a daughter already at that point. I was about to bring another life in this world, but me just really readjusting my focus and putting my energy towards things that would make me better instead of worrying about what people thought. And, you know, it's not my job to clear the air or explain anything, (laughs) Um, but just, you know, Looking at my kids and knowing that I can't be sitting around here shame and hurt and thinking about why this happened or why that happened. I need to focus on smiling again, not letting them see me sitting here cry over a situation that I have no control over. But honestly, I would say like readjusting my focus, focus on what was important because people are not important. So once you learn that, (laughs) people's opinions about you are not important.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's funny how that goes, isn't it? It's uh, and it is. I think it's the it's the start. That's the start of the of the shift. I think for a lot of people. I know it was for me too. It was that losing that because you know, and also attaching your own worth to things. Like this week, I was I was doing. I mean, part of a mastermind, and one of the questions they had you go through like uh, worst case scenario. Yeah, worst case scenario, best case scenario, fix it, mitigate it, and so on. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in the beginning bit, it was like the worst case scenario, and it was like, well, nobody buys it. Um, it. Value not perceived, no one buys it. So when I went to mitigate it, I just sort of brushed over it. But when I went to fix it, I was like, well, if I'm going to fix that, all I do is delink my self-worth from the product and i was like whoa how many other t- what else am i doing out of my life where else am i putting my self-worth into something that is not intrins- intrinsically me you know it's not it's, it's part of me but it's not me it doesn't mean if it doesn't sell i am any less
0: exactly no? yeah that's a good point um everybody definitely needs to hear that. I've been there. I've, I've had an online boutique. I've, I will sell anything under the sign. You just have kind of have to find what works for you. Um, and when things didn't work out, I would always try to find a different method, like, okay, how could I market better? Or what is this company doing that I could incorporate into what I am doing to get more sales, to drive more people to my site? Um, and things like that. I've, always kept like my same social media like my started my social media a long time ago when i had that boutique which is kind of how i got the number of followers that i have on there now but i just kind of transformed it into a platform for my um for my nonprofit because i feel like that benefits and helps people more since i no longer do an online boutique
1: okay so you're obviously entrepreneurial minded anyway
0: mm-hmm
1: so that's awesome okay so now i'm curious so the boutique you obviously pivoted
0: yeah Mm -hmm. okay
1: so what's what's can we go into that story like how how, how that pivot come about
0: (laughs) um with that i had just had my daughter i didn't really have a job i think i had gotten a job and just wanted to do an online boutique I was kind of fresh out of college, something to do. I like clothes and fashion. Hey, (laughs) so I started that, just honestly selling clothes like via Instagram. And I was actually making money with it. I wasn't making enough to where I would stop doing my full-time job and focus on that um I just I kind of wanted to do something less hands-on because it was just me I didn't have people working for me like I'm ordering the clothes they come in I package them up really nice I shipped them out I'm sending out tracking numbers I'm ordering new shipments, like doing the whole night it just became too much but honestly it was a learning experience it kind of taught me how to market and to network with people um I was honestly just starting out. probably had like couple hundred followers on Instagram but I started sending like a free outfit to I guess what they call Instagram models (laughs) but people that had like a really large following so it was a market technique just send them a free outfit like hey can you shout me out direct people to my site and of course they're like yeah like free clothes (laughs) (laughs) so that that's kind of That's kind of that. I honestly just stopped it to start other endeavors. Um, I like fashion. It was fun and everything. But there were things that I grew to like more. Like I started doing makeup. I am a makeup artist um, on the side. So it's a lot of different things that I do. But um, I definitely try to find purpose out of all of them. So if you wanna start an online boutique, that is one thing I offer through my So Lux Life Professional Services. I can definitely teach you how to get started, how to help you avoid some mistakes that I made, um, even though it's not something that, our, that I'm currently doing. So it's kind of the gist of this. So it looks like pro, for professional services. I'm getting choked up over here. <laughs> That's not the point of that. Um, to just kind of help businesses grow, help entrepreneurs get to that next level.
1: And, and funny other, you're suddenly in a position after having gone through it, where you can help people who are where you once were.
0: Can you hear this train?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) No, no, it's good. It's cool. It adds (laughs) ambiance. It's all good. Okay. That's cool. I like that. And I like the fact that you've been able to tweak and pivot as you've gone and learn from it. That's brilliant. Okay. But so you haven't always been this way though. So let's go back. Let's go back to primary school years. What does primary look like to you? And primary is, I don't know what they call it over there. So
0: it's like um, 80 years. Like early elementary school, like kindergarten through, yeah. I guess junior high maybe. Yeah.
1: So what, who was Crispin Chris then?
0: Crispin was just a little girl. My parents worked in the school system. So um, like the principals and a lot of the teachers kind of knew who I was. So of course I was always on my best behavior. Um it was it's was kind of interesting because i know everybody um there's a lot of focus on this whole like black lives matter movement and things like that and it was actually like in my younger years where i personally first experienced racism um so that's kind of interesting it's not something that we talk about all the time but it kind of helped mold me into who i am it kind of opened my eyes to know that everybody's different. Everybody doesn't think like you, no matter how innocent you are or how how nice you may be, you might not always get that in return. But those years growing up, I absolutely loved it. Um, I had a few friends, like a group of five of us, and we had something called multi-age, where in the first grade, I was in a classroom that had kids from first, second, and third grade all in one class. <laughs> And you like kind of it was kind of like the elite kids of the school, I would say, um but like the kids that were excelling in their current grade, they wanted to mix them in with kids of higher grades just to kind of see where they um placed and ranked so that was like an experience for me. I'll never forget my teacher, Miss Robinson, one of the nicest ladies ever, and she had a pet iguana for our class. <laughs> So she would always, like, read to us during story time and, like, have the iguana. It was really big, like, sitting on her arm. But it was just how – it just shows how how you treat people, even when you're little. They remember things like that because this same teacher, when I got married, I haven't seen this lady since, honestly, like, the third grade, I've seen her talk to her. Um, but when I got married – she ended up seeing it in a local newspaper and sent a gift to my parents' house just randomly. Like she remembered me from grade school. She oh, saw my name that. in the paper and um, just wanted to say, hey, and it was amazing because I loved her. And the fact that she was still thinking about me like 20 plus years later.
1: That's lovely. Yeah, what a lovely story. Okay, um, okay cool. Um, So as a child, um, so what sort of lessons do you think took you longest to learn as a child?
0: Um, That I didn't know everything and to listen. Um, You know, sometimes kids and people tell them things, they have their own way of thinking. That's kind of one thing I had to listen to. Like, okay, I guess my parents really do know know what they're talking (laughs) about. things they're telling me is is to help me be a better person, a better citizen for society. So I might as well listen. So that's one thing I kind of try to instill in my daughter. And say, say you get it back with your kids. And I'm like, I know I did not act like this child. That <laughs> but um, that's one thing kind of growing up. I knew that I did not know it all. You definitely have to be able to listen and learn from others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going through that with my my daughter, my, my middle child. She's uh she's very, very strong um willed. Yeah, we say that Let's say that instead. <laughs> and uh she's she took me on a weekend to the one of the protests in Cardiff for the for the Black Lives Matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I was trying to explain to her different things and she she, she almost like she wouldn't take it in because she had her own views, irrespective of any of anything I could possibly say, and if it didn't come off a certain site that she's reading or someone that she's following, then it, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to explain to her, I, like, and the wife, and I don't even know if my perspective is correct. But I was explaining about that situation. I said, I'm not hundred percent sure that that movement is addressing the root cause of the issue, like. Mm. I mean, if we don't put this out, it's fine. It's just like, I, I, I'd like to go into it with you because for yeah, my, for, for my own understanding. So from everything that's gone on right now, like I can remember that I watched the a, a trailer on no, a documentary on BBC that they call NYPD Biggest Gang in America. <laughs> right, that's that's what that was the that was the title, um, mm-hmm. and I said to my daughter, I said I'm not sh- sure making it. Uh, about the Black Lives Matter is she more about addressing the root cause, which is the police, those police that are doing it, being reprimanded and brought to justice. And I don't know if my perspective is right or whether, can you shed any light on that for me?
0: Yeah, definitely. The black to me, because I'm sure it, it hits different for other people, but when I see Black Lives Matter and that whole movement it's honestly, we just want equality, equal rights when it comes to police reform. Um, our black people are getting murdered by cops. These cops are getting off free. They're not getting arrested. Um, I'm, I don't know if you've seen the George Floyd video or not. which I haven't party. seen that
1: one. I, I, there was another person on there, uh, a big fella, like six foot seven, and this one guy's been campaigning for years. I remember it actually, it was like 10 years ago. Um, I, I they, they arrested him for what they suspected was illegally selling cigarettes outside the shop.
0: Mm, Eric Gardner.
1: Eric Gardner. I, I can remember that happening. Right, and I was sick. Of, well, I was, was sickened when I watched it on the documentary, but it's terrific.
0: Don't watch this one then. <laughs>
1: no, no, it's this. and uh, yeah, sorry, I interrupted then. So, yeah, Eric Gardner is the what I've seen,
0: yeah. Um, but the whole George Floyd, which sparked this one, like to literally have your knee on someone's neck until they go unconscious and eventually die and you not get arrested on site. This is videotape. Had it been you or I, normal citizens, and we did that, we would be in jail, like, in a split second. Why Why are police getting special treatment? Why are they allowing to kill people? And I know a lot of people like to say, you know, when we say Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Definitely, we're not taken away from that. I agree, every single person on this earth matters, but we're just trying to bring awareness to the systemic racism that blacks are experiencing in the United States. Um, And it's not just us, it's not just blacks, it's all people. I, I just left the bank this morning and the guy that was helping me was French and he spoke on how he experienced racism here in the United States. So it's not just us, but it's, is it, it it hurts when you when you have a black son and you see this guy literally getting murdered in the middle of the street by the person that's supposed to protect him sir i have to have these conversations with my black son and say hey this is how you conduct yourself when the police stop you like don't take your hands off the wheel no sudden movements be very very polite is 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 two different worlds, and people don't realize that they exist because like my my white friends that I have they don't have to have these conversations with their kids, no. <laughs> but it's we just honestly just want police reform we need to be able to trust those that are set out here to protect and serve um again the the racism it needs to stop, I like again, I've experienced it growing up, my high school had two different cheerleading teams. They had a football cheerleading team and a basketball cheerleading team. And back in the day, it was all whites on the football cheerleading team, all blacks on the basketball cheerleading team. If you look at it now, it's still the same. I was on the football cheerleading team, but honestly it was like only three black people out of, you know, 25 whites. So it's just like that segregation that still exists in America that just honestly seriously needs to stop.
1: Oh, uh, thank you for enlightening me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I, to me it didn't. I didn't realize that 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 movement was about uh, police reform. So I appreciate you informing me.
0: And that's just one part of it. That's a big part of it. That's you know, police reform. Um, just getting justice. Like there were. I don't know if you heard about the jogger. Ahmaud Arbery that was jogging in his neighborhood and three or four white people just came up to him and ended, started a fight and shot him. Um, these people have not been arrested. Well, I think they have been now. I think one of them has been now. But it went, It took like two months for these people to get arrested. This guy wasn't doing anything. This person was videotaping and he was jogging in his neighborhood They said he looked like a robber and was asking him a bunch of questions, interrogating him, eventually fought him and shot him multiple times and killed him. So it's happening. It's happening a lot. And these are just the ones we're getting on video type and saying, so just imagine the lives that are being affected that are not caught on camera. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why that documentary on BBC was so eye opening because there was a fella on there from the, I think he's from the NYPD police force. Um, he had said something a few years ago which was understanding, sort of siding with it. And then he removed himself from it. And he said, well, actually, no, he said this is like systemic. Um, and he himself was getting persecuted, although he had a long time with, within the department. you know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, especially from my perspective in the UK, so, some officers are armed, obviously, but to think that that goes on is just mind blowing
0: it's scary um you know i feel like i'm a model citizen i'm not out here doing anything i shouldn't be doing and i personally was stopped one night my sister stays in mississippi um And I was visiting her. I had gone out with my brother and a friend to like a bar. And I was on my way home. I literally had one drink, but I had the wristband on from the bar. So I guess you could tell i have been out. Um, so I just stopped by this cop. He's shining a light all in the car. Um, it was like he shone the light on my arm it's like have you have you been out you've been to a bar tonight i was like yeah the place was called last call so yeah i just left last call it's like have you been drinking i said yeah i had a drink like no point in me lying at this one because i know i'm not drunk and so at this point this guy starts being very rude out of nowhere like they had me doing a sobriety test <laughs> Like, you can take one here. Like I passed a sobriety test, and they just let me go, no ticket or nothing. So why did I get stopped? <laughs> yeah. You didn't explain. Why I wasn't. You didn't even give me a speeding ticket. But we're out here for an hour because you saw a wristband. But I guess they have to do their job. But the thing is, my sister came out there. They called her out there, and my sister, honestly, she doesn't drink. She doesn't do anything. And when she gets out here, the guy was like oh she 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 looks like she's high right now, and we're like, "What <laughs> like, crazy like the police here they can be scary i'm sh- there are good cops, there are wonderful cops. I appreciate our law enforcement. We don't want people to think this is like a a black um police." War is <laughs> not. It starts with our justice systems, and it trickles on down. So we need to see these people get arrested. We need to see convictions. You have people, black people, in jail for nonviolent drug charges, but you have murderers that have killed an innocent life. They're just at home. I mean, the George Zimmerman, the Trayvon Martin. Do you remember that one?
1: No. <laughs> Go on, get <You're> educated me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we we'll have to spend a whole month to really break it down and, and get through what's going on. But the whole Trayvon Martin, a teen in Florida was walking home. Um, one night he had a hood on his head, minding his business, walking home in a neighborhood. This neighborhood watch guy gets in his personal vehicle. And it's like one harassing the kid, got out, ended up starting, started a fight with the guy, and I guess the teen is fighting back, but he ended up shooting him multiple times and killing him close range. And this guy is out free. He has, like, auctioned off the gun that he's used in this murder. Like, that's what we're talking about, like... We just need equal justice. There are so many Black people locked up for non-offensive, non-violent crimes, but we have people again that are out here murdering people that are walking around free. So that's why Black Lives Matter. We we like you know, it needs to stop, and it's and it's a shame that it's 2020, and we're still fighting these same issues.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, completely agree with you. It's uh very difficult when I mean, you get to trying to get resolve a systemic issue unless you break it down to its core and rebuild. Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah so. I wouldn't call the NYPD the biggest gang. That <laughs> <laughs> was a bit extreme, but hey. the
1: the BBC <laughs> the, the journalists.
0: But I mean, hey. <laughs> they're rough they're like a gang honestly um some of them are and I don't want to speak on everybody as a whole because there are some great cops out there doing the right thing but for the percentage that are not <laughs> y'all are while we're out there marching um hopefully it'll get to a better place is it is it bad where you are i know this is supposed to be you interviewing me but
1: no no well the, the protest was fighting in cardiff Anchor Philly was fine. Uh, I think it kicked off in London. I think there was a it, it turned violent in London. Um there, there was people coming on stage uh telling their stories and stuff. Um which I I know I know is is present we you know in, in my society. Um I suppose what this is something I read a while back, I don't know when I read it, it was like the the only thing the only thing needed for evil to triumph is good people to stand by and do nothing. And that's what came to my head when my daughter said, let's do the protest. Cause at first it was like, Oh no, if we go to the protest, it could, it could kick off and join you know me. Mean? I don't want to be in harm's way. But at the same time, I'm like, well no, it was bloody wrong. <laughs> so so it's like, if you're acting out with integrity, it's the right thing to do. Even if it's scary.
0: Yes, definitely. And thank you so much for being a part of that movement. Um, I- Martin Luther King Jr. said there is a time where silence becomes betrayal. So, <laughs> I mean, like, and you don't have to be out there protesting. Like, I physically have not gone to a march because, again, I'm a single mom. I have two kids. Mm. And I would definitely take my six-year-old out there, but my two-year-old, not so much. But I would definitely want her to be out there and experiencing um, a moment in history because we're definitely living out a moment for the history books right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah There's a lot of st- 2020's been, and uh, not just 2020, but the last few years have been very interesting with what's happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: 20 so, one for the books. <laughs> indeed.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Um, I digress then. So thank you for the education and uh, enlightening me. I'm always willing to get my mind and my world perspective expanded.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, wait, wait. Let's have a look.
0: Um I think oh. we're kind of getting past like the primary school.
1: Okay. So yeah, uh let's let's jump forward a little bit. And I want you to recall like a time of great change in your life. What stories and emotions does that evoke for you?
0: A time of great change. Um again it goes back to my divorce. Um and also i would say before that was when i first became a parent because <laughs> that is some that is life changing life as you know it is not the same after you have kids that's so why i told my friends they're like oh i have baby fever i want a baby i'm like do you enjoy taking naps because if you do a <laughs> kid is not for you just rethinking but there's such a blessing um it was at that point Cause I really had no responsibilities before then. Um, I was young. I had my daughter right after I graduated college, and I was young before then. I really had no responsibilities. I was in school. Um, I really didn't have to work a job in school, but I did just because I like to have something to do. But prior to, I mean that that just really taught me responsibility. It taught me to, it taught me to stop being selfish and to really look out for others and be the best person I can be because I have someone else looking up to me.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I definitely second that. Uh, I, you're not prepared for it ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as you may think you are, you're still not enough prepared for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, I, do you know what? I wish they come with a manual or something because because <laughs> <laughs> when i like i was very young like uh and my and my wife was young when we had our first and we were so well prepared to be parents we left lo- we loved the baby um and we did our very best but like when you sort of look back like me in particular there was so many things i did wrong like you know the way i handle things and approach things and uh, yeah, it's just, and I know you've got to go through those things so you can improve on the next one. And each one is an evolution, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So when you, <laughs> I, got, I got a friend that says he was super tight on the first one, a little more relaxed on the second, more relaxed still on the third, and the fourth one's feral. <laughs> you're like, look.
0: The first one, you're trying to do everything right, <laughs> and this and that, but the second one, you're kind of like, look we're just gonna get by <laughs> it's it's a blessing though i love it and it, it teaches me so much it, it slowed me down it made me want to be an entrepreneur and teacher that there are other avenues out there that you can take um i personally wanted to go to cosmetology school right out of high school to do like hair and things like that because i like like hair and makeup but my parents like no you need to go to college get a degree (laughs) have that background so i'm like okay so i went um fortunately i had a full scholarship to the university that i went to so i didn't have to get in any debt or anything like that but i definitely want to teach her that there are other avenues i definitely am not saying don't go to college she's great i'm glad i went but You you can make it out there without having a degree or without having a diploma of some sort. You just have to put your mind to it and be dedicated and be consistent and persistent and invest in yourself so others can invest in you. That's kind of what I want to put out there um, to change my life. So I want to help change lives of others.
1: No, that's nice. Yeah, Yeah. we're the same. uh, Like the biggest thing I'm trying to drill into my kids is um, about a job, having a job, like I've 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 just literally got off the phone with my works because I've taken uh, redundancy. So it's like I'm excited for what's coming,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but a while back I was like, oh, what do I do? Because it's sort of like you know, it's this opportunity. Do I go for it or do I just stay safe? And I what the what shifted my choice was re- realizing I had. Uh, three pairs of eyes downstairs watching my very actions and that's just sort of made the decision for me like if they if they see me settling and that's mm-hmm. m- my thing is about s- settling and just living with mediocre, it drives nails into me <laughs> so if I was willing to do that then I was making a mockery of myself but also what the kids my children would actually then interpret as what is okay for life
0: yes. you know Definitely, they look up to us. So I definitely tell any parents, young parents, old parents, your kids are looking up to you. Um, What you expose them to, the things you teach them, will kind of mold them into who they are when they grow up. Um, It starts in the home. I know a lot of people, when they mention like the whole Black Lives Matter movement, when they say, "Well, black on back, black crime is an all-time high," <laughs> but like, I mean that's not true. I mean, all races kill each other, but it starts at home. It starts with us in the home and making sure we're we're raising citizens to to love and not hate and help others out. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, the um. that's that's what we try and drill into. I was like, and sometimes my son will say, Oh, what what are you doing that for my 15 year old? He's get a bit confrontational and ask. And I'll say, well, I'm trying to raise somebody that's morally and ethically right. Do you know what I mean? I want you to understand that there's principles that you live by and how important they are. And one of them is your word. Like for me, if he says he's going to do something and he doesn't do it and he lets me down or, he lets himself down when by, by doing that, and I'm buying constantly banging onto him like your word is all you got me. That's <laughs>
0: that,
1: that's the most valuable thing you have is saying to someone, "I'll do that for you," and then you mm-hmm. don't do it.
0: You right, know? your word is your bond, definitely. Yeah, um, that's one thing I try to instill in clients that I work with. um With you, say you're going to do something, do it. If you're not able to do it, definitely follow up or. Communicate. That's all you have to do. So if you're not able to fulfill your promise, definitely communicate and just don't leave people out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one too. Uh, when, when, when we first got together, I, I was banging on to my wife for ages about communication, communication, because she was super quiet, super timid. And uh, like the first time I went out for a meal, she, she, I, was, I was asking her, Would you like this or would you like that on the menu? And she squeaked. I kid you, I kid you not that, it, the 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 words were a squeak and I was kept saying pardon pardon <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah
1: but uh, yeah I said it was important to get this dialogue going it's it's a critical factor within a relationship this communication skill you know yeah <laughs> it is. okay cool so how does Crispin view and deal with obstacles in life
0: I take them head on when I learn that everything in this world is not going to work out how I intend for it to, you you kind of have to expect you have to expect the worst. Not saying to be like a pessimist and just out there thinking negatively all the time, but definitely have in the back of your mind, no matter how great something is going, something bad could happen. How are you going to adjust? How are you going to let your emotions get in the way? Are you going to let how you feel affect your production or you moving forward so um definitely take things head on address them for what they are um don't 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 leave yourself out of the obstacle if that makes sense kind of reevaluate yourself like okay what could i have done better to avoid this from happening um how can i handle this in the future so just kind of leave kind of take some some self-awareness and just take take responsi- responsibility definitely for your mistakes and for things that come at you learn from them grow use it as a learning opportunity um because when i went through that whole situation with my ex-husband that went through that divorce one thing that helped me cope and to get out of a ruck i started writing so I wrote a whole book in nine days, which I still haven't published <laughs> because I kind of have to reevaluate it and see like, okay, I know I wrote this book from a place of hurt. It wasn't like bashing him or anything, but it was kind of just helping one grow from pain to purpose. So be on the lookout for that in the future. I'll definitely have to send you a copy. <laughs> Is it going to title yet? Um, It's kind of up in the air. (laughs) One of the titles was Where Did Daddy Go? Um, Just kind of catchy because my daughter literally asked where did daddy go when he was gone? So that's kind of that. Um, I started with From Pain to Purpose, but if you Google that, there are so many books (laughs) gone from Pain to Purpose. So I'll definitely let you know when when that is in the works.
1: (laughs) Yeah, please do, yeah. I got someone I can connect with actually, so. We talk after.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, have you ever thought about getting your daughter to write that book?
0: <laughs> I haven't actually, because he was her stepdad. Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. um, no.
1: Not as in like the the version, your version, but maybe
0: you yeah. know, of whatever
1: she dealt with at the time, you know
0: right, and she was like five ish at the time when this was going on. I'll um, definitely keep that keep that in mind, like a sequel <laughs>
1: <laughs> I um, love what you said when I asked you that question in the form you said it's natural to have emotions, but I fuel any negative energy into creating something resourceful that will help me and also others. You you did something great there in that sentence. You said it's natural to have emotions, but what you didn't say uh, about making the emotion a negative, you you then transformed the emotion into an energy, Mm -hmm. which therefore means it can change. I mean, when people tend to uh, describe emotions, they describe negatives as positive and negative.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But we need all of them. Definitely. You know, all of them are there for a purpose. I mean... I got this thing I'm strong on like understanding, especially from a male perspective, which we tend to just, and we not that women don't either, but men tend to shove stuff down inside rather oh, than yeah. show it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so for me, all my emotions are signposts. They're pointing me somewhere. It's just using what you just said, exactly what you just said, that self-awareness. Um, and uh, Which would then create, the personal responsibility but all that starts with journaling
0: yes it really does and what kind of stuck out to me when i was going through that i was literally like crying every day for a while and i had a friend jeff runnels um amazing person i'm gonna have to connect you with jeff but he just kind of told me was like hey you know where where your focus goes your energy flows So if you're focusing on the negative things, you're putting energy towards something that's not helping you exceed, that's not helping you get over this ruck that you're in. So that really kind of changed my perspective on life. Like, let me focus on the positive things, no matter how bad things may seem in the moment. Mm -hmm. What's going to come out of this? How is this going to change me to become a better person? So I kind of try to look at it from that perspective. Because honestly... Nothing bad can happen in my life nowadays. And I just, I'm like, okay, what's next? Let <laughs> me see how I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this and just worry about the next thing.
1: That's it, and just keep moving forward because then it's inevitable. Everything yeah. you want is inevitable.
0: Right, and like we can't focus on the past. There's no way we can go back and change it. So I dwell on it. I know it hurts sometimes. I know things don't work out how we want them to write it down get a journal get a diary jot it down so when you do make it to where you are you can go back and read and like i can't believe i spent this much time worrying about this problem or i was hurt after this company told me no you just have to keep moving forward it'll pay off in the end
1: absolutely 100 percent. have you ever heard um have you ever watched kung fu panda
0: um a long time ago
1: you, do you remember what master Ugwe says
0: Now what do
1: you saying? He he, he says, um, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today Mm -hmm. is a gift. That's why they call it the present. I love that. I like that.
0: That pretty much sums it up.
1: (laughs) I'm a big fan of Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, tell me a story about something that's amazed you.
0: has amazed me was actually seeing how different cultures live uh, I was able to travel to Jamaica on a vacation and we did an excursion um, to where we went and tasted different pineapples I didn't know pineapples had like so many different tastes but we mm-hmm. tasted all different kinds of pineapples it was amazing but getting from there like from the resort to where we were going up in the mountains we actually had to go through like the city part of jamaica so you know the resort is all nice fancy stuff we're used to but driving through there it made me realize like how blessed we have it over here in the united states i don't i don't really know but i'm I'm sure y'all are blessed over there where you are these people didn't really have electricity it was literally and I don't want it to sound negative, but it was, it kind of was like the slums. I don't know if anyone kind of knows what the slums are, but it's just like not a nice, it's not a nice area. It's just underdeveloped and it it just kind of amazed me and opened my eyes like, wow. People are out here living without the things you feel like you can't live without. People are out here living without Wi-Fi and cell phones mm-hmm. and television and things like that. So that really opened my eyes and caused me to be more grateful, definitely, for the things that I have and the things that I'm able to do.
1: I think that's a great way of keeping that um, that energy and that positive perspective Is 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 those moments of gratitude. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that conflict that you just when you saw that contrast, like you said, people living without Wi-Fi, but we feel we need it, you know.
0: Yeah, like you have to have some Wi-Fi.
1: I I went to Jamaica a few uh, Jamaica Ethiopia a few years back, oh, wow. and that was an awesome trip. But there there was a massive divide between the wealth and the poor. I mean, from the back of the the hotel there, he had me staying in. There was, um, do you know, those um, the metal sheets, the wavy metal sheets. I can't think corrugated roof sheeting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you look out to the, the 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 hotel, as far as you could see was that was the roofs of all the houses. But to the to the other side was all these big palm trees and other hotels. It's after, and people sleeping on the street, just sleeping on the pavement. It's incredible, you know. But yes. and it's absolutely bongo. I want my kids to experience those things cuz i don't think they got a bleeding clue about what life is like out there you know
0: yes i've had to show my daughter pictures of like kids that were hungry and didn't have food to make her appreciate like what i cook you need to eat because there are people out here that don't have food mm. and you know and they and she didn't know that and i'm glad i was able to show her she was like wow um You know, what do they do for food? Like, they have to do the best they can. They don't have this luxury like you. You have a personal chef, which is me, that cooks for you. (laughs) And um, it kind of taught her to be a little more grateful and, and just, you know, thank God for everything that she has and everything that I'm able to provide for her because life is different. Like, it amazes me. Like, you mentioned how one side of the street you could tell where there was like a divide in classes. I mean, it's like that in America too. It amazes me that America could afford a $12 trillion, you know, CARES Act, COVID-19 pandemic relief act, but we still have people that are homeless on the street. We still have veterans that have fought in a war that are homeless. (laughs) So where are our priorities here? Are we really helping our people or what's really going on?
1: (laughs) What is really going on? I know. It's, uh, I used to think that, the. I think one of the things for the, in, in the UK is the government is supposed to serve the people as, as I, I think it is in America where I think, I think things have got lost.
0: The <laughs> <people>. <laughs> That's the key word. Yeah. We just, just equality, just better treatment, bringing awareness. Um, because I do admire you for actually wanting to learn and kind of figure out what's, what's all this about that's going on. Because a lot of people genuinely don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't realize it. I have friends because when I was growing up, like I told you, we had like the two separate cheerleading teams, but the school was um, like majority white, I would say. So I had a lot of white friends and they generally did not know. They did not know that, you know, I've experienced the things that I've experienced. And it's just putting ourselves out there again, being able to be enlightened um, will definitely help the world be a better place.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, isn't it? We're all, well, I am, anyway, and dear. And I do doubt there's a lot of other people that are open minded enough to take things into consideration and make their own opinion. Because that's what came over within the talks was one of the guys got up. Um, and he said, it's, if you haven't got an opinion, what do you say? If you haven't got an opinion or don't want to have an opinion, you're a racist. I was like, ooh, that's, that's food for thought, you know? Because if if, if you then say you don't want to have an opinion about it, that's that's something else, you
0: know? It's kind of like you're agreeing with what's not right. And I feel like everyone should stand up for what's right and again that that starts at home racism is taught behavior a kid doesn't come out of the womb racist um and i know black people that are racist it's not just like whites against blacks it happens in all cultures and all um, ethnicities but it's definitely instilled in our youth um just the truth about what's going on and why we should act like we have some sense out here and just be compassionate um, and pray and just be a better a better person. Like, I hate to see it. I feel like sometimes, you know, it's not my job to give certain people history lessons on what's going on, um, especially people that don't want to learn. So the people that, you know, like to be enlightened and informed, yes, definitely, I would love to tell you about, you know, the oppression that's been going on 400 plus years over here <laughs> but you definitely have some people they don't they don't understand one way of thinking so they're just stuck in that mindset they can't see it any other way nothing you tell them can make them change but again it starts in the home what are we teaching our children what are we teaching our youth what are we instilling in them
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah
0: my daughter didn't realize she was black until last year no way Uh, teach her colour yeah (laughs) she didn't realise she was black until she went to kindergarten so imagine that (laughs)
1: that's nuts oh I don't know that's sad isn't it yeah well you know know, the fact that we have to we have to talk in that sense Mm -hmm. we have to you know we have to distinguish through colour but obviously well yeah I don't know it's just it feels (laughs) more
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's that's just like a conversation that never came up because I never wanted her to feel like, okay, I'm black. I have to only like black people only whatever. It just honestly never came up. Um, no reason for it to, but the fact that a kindergartner in her class apparently has been taught what, you know, black and white people are in this and that for her to come and ask me like, am I black? I'm like, what? Who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to have the conversation with her, like, "Yeah, yes, you are." Like, and she just really didn't understand. She just thought everybody was the same. Like her daycare, and had white and black kids there, so she just kind of, thought she just knew people were people. Hmm. She didn't see people as like a white person or a black person or a Mexican. Or kids are innocent.
1: That's but, beautiful, isn't it? I mean, we could learn a lot from kids.
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Yeah, absolutely okay so tell me uh looking at the future what's the craziest and most exciting thing you'll be experienced with you and your family
0: honestly i don't know i leave that open because i don't want to limit myself (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to sell it short and you know i say something and then god just really blows my mind as to what's going to happen um I definitely, when this whole COVID-19 pandemic moves on, I want to travel more with my kids, um, help them to experience different cultures, and help them to see different things. Um, but that's it. I'm like, every day, every day is new. I'm actually taking the real estate test Thursday to get my real estate license. So. Oh, well done this is a new venture i'm going to go on i know a lot of people looking to invest and buy houses so hey i want to be here to help
1: is nothing wrong with having multiple avenues of income
0: oh yes definitely
1: (laughs) awesome okay well crispin thank you so much for your time today it's been uh totally interesting and engaging and uh, i've learned a lot so thank you for that (laughs) <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I just want to thank you for your. You've got a lovely way about you, a lovely energy, and um, yeah, and obviously very knowledgeable too. And I've have a, a, a varied experience of life, so having multiple perspectives can only help other people, and that's yeah, important. True,
0: definitely. <laughs>
1: Crispin, thank you very much. Thank you. thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit.